Hello and welcome back to Respect the Drive. I'm Tedward and today's guest, Nikhil Danani, not necessarily a household name. In fact, unless you're an insider, you wouldn't know who this is. But Nikhil has been, uh, he, he's been involved in everything. He's currently the creative strategist for The Drive. You remember The Drive. And I, I get into that a little bit because we all know The Drive and those characters, that cast of characters from the shows that we had. Like, you know, Matt Farah got really big on Tuned, even though he was already kind of big in his own right. But you got to remember, this is where you get the Mike Mustos, the Larry Casillas. Even Chris Harris had a big, uh, a big kind of like, hey, here I am on the drive. But he's always behind the scenes. And I really wanted to give him a voice and, and kind of get his perspective and his story, because this is a guy who works with everybody. If you walked into a press event and saw all of your favorite car reviewers, all of your favorite automotive personalities, you'd be starstruck by these guys, except they'd all be walking up to Nikhil because they all know him. He's a good guy. But how are you? I keep re-watching things. I don't like to watch things that are going to surprise me, which I know it's like that's the whole point of watching something is to is to see something new. But, you know, I like that comfort food, especially at night before bed. So I watched Ocean's Eleven last night because I thought this is something I've seen. I don't remember every detail and every twist and turn, but I remember it was fun. It was an enjoyable movie. It's from 2001. And I have a couple notes. But first and foremost, Don Cheadle's British accent is the most insane thing to make it to cinema in the world. How on earth did they greenlight that accent? It is awful. And, and there's no way, there's no way Don Cheadle can watch that movie. There's no way he can look at that and say, man, I am proud of this performance. Oh. <sighs> Anyway, then there's like awkward, like racist undertones. They're not even undertones. They're just straight up there for the contortionist, the Chinese guy in the film. But I digress. This is not an in-person interview. Nikhil is based out of New York, so we did this on FaceTime. And unfortunately, not at Garage 42, a beautiful new storage facility for your vehicles up in Woburn, Massachusetts, where my M5 currently sits. I actually just posted a couple photos on my Instagram uh, visiting my M5 up there. But it's a great option if you do need to store your car either for the winter or or just get it out of the garage. Maybe maybe you and your wife, your husband, whatever, uh, you're taking up two garage spaces with project cars or two garage spaces with your baby. And you realize, oh, I never drive this. And now uh, we can never actually park our daily drivers in the garage. So they're always dirty. They're always snowy. Bring them up to Garage 42. But without further ado, here is Nikhil Danani. How is it being at a car event? How does because I haven't gone to I haven't been we have a couple like small events in the area, but I haven't been to any yet because I just I don't feel right doing it. I didn't it. like and, it. I, I, I yeah, I, that was the only one I've been to. I've seen I mean, there's people who are just comfortably going out do, and then doing these big packed shows in Boston. I see it all the time. People go out to there's, there's an area called the ink block and um, it's like, it's like any Boston photos of a car. It's under a bridge. There's all this like graffiti style, like pop art. Yeah. And you know, it, it's the kind of place where like, if me and you were going to go do a shoot, you were like, Hey Tom, I've got like a car for the drive that we're doing. Where should we go to do the B roll and like the sexy, you know, like orbit shots. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh, go there. That's the spot. Um, got it. and they, yep. pa they pack it though with like, you know, 50, 60 cars. I think, I don't know. I can't, I, I might be wrong there. There's people in Boston like, no man, it only fits 35. I, I don't know. It looks like a lot. Um, 
And then you have the groups who usually hold car shows there. They're on the social media screaming, being like, it wasn't us. This is not us. We are not holding this show because like nobody wants to be culpable for like the inevitable (laughs) of like, oh, there is an outbreak and it's like all the car scene, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So what are you doing at the drive now? You're the creative strategist. Is that what's happening? So So I'm the creative strategist. I'm basically doing helping out with the social and I've been doing the branding and design stuff, but my biggest thing is merch, right? So all the blip ship collaborations I oversee and um, I design the shirts themselves and all the graphics for that. So that's what I do. The drive is a part-time thing I do. I'm all over the place, as you know, right? Like you're a man of many, you wear a lot of hats. I wear a lot of hats. Probably literally as well. You probably also actually wear hats. I have like, millions (laughs) you're very i've had rack you're like painfully stylish which is we'll go back in time a little bit but it is so (laughs) funny when i was like i remember meeting you and like being like oh where are you from what do you do and you like told me what you did and i was like it was it was at the time when alex uh alex roy was like really really going deep into like the Pulitzer 144 jackets and patches and all that stuff and then there's just this guy you who's like the assistant but you're not like any assistant you're like 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 incredibly qualified and appropriate i was like how did you find like i I don't know any company that finds people that are this correct for a job yeah um and that sort of just happened so before i met alex right before that before that happened I was a stylist at a club Monaco and for their, <laughs> for their VIP clients, I would be the one that picks out their outfits and they would tell me an event. I would prep an outfit for them and put it together. So I was, I went to school for fashion, right? And that was like my true interest growing up. It was fashion and, and cars was just a hobby. It was something I enjoyed and I loved, but I'd never imagined working in the automotive industry. Well, ever. and at the time, I mean, what the, and, auto, the auto industry it, it wasn't like this crazy it's become such a bizarrely lifestyle oriented thing and and it always exactly was but only for like a certain niche only for like oh i have a testerosa so i dress like this like yes exactly the the volkswagen people didn't necessarily have a style (laughs) no exactly and um so i okay so i met alex i was at i was i met alex when i was at fit it was like my first First, it was literally like my second week of my first semester at FIT. And I just graduated high school. I was a stylist studying fashion. I met Alex at a BMW of Manhattan Cars and Coffee. Classic. I had an E39. I had an E39 out of 540. That was my first car. I love that car. But I was just there. I didn't know Alex was going to be there. And I was a huge Pulitzer fan. I was a fan of Alex. I was a fan of The Drive. I knew all of this stuff before. And I was just, I was just watching this stuff on YouTube. So I was never... It was never a thing for me. It was never a thing I imagined that was like real life. It was just, it was always a degree away. So as I'm pulling into BMW Manhattan showroom, the first thing I see displayed there is 144A. And, 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 and I, I freaked out. It's crazy when you see that car. I, I almost cried when I saw that car for the first yeah. time. I was like, I can't believe I, because because this had this underground celebrity status that it did it it was so personal and it was the kind of thing where you're like like this really this isn't like oh i like jake gyllenhaal it's like alex roy and just the stories surrounding the gumballs and the cannonball and all this stuff it was really intense for people 
like you and I, because this was what we followed. This was those were like these bizarro role models that you'd explain who is that guy to people. Exactly. And um, yeah, I mean, I right before. So I grew up watching The Drive because in my like, I'm still young, right? So that generation, that's what I had to look to. It was The Drive. I mean, Growing up, as I was getting my license, all I watched was the drive because I was getting into cars. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm like, there's this whole world. But again, I was just a fan. So first thing I see when I pull into the dealership was 144A. And I'm with my father because my father would, and I would always go to cars and coffees together. We just, we, he's a big car guy too. So I go into the dealership and, and that's the first thing I see and I freak out. I tell my dad, I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, Alex Roy is here. And my dad's like, who the fuck's Alex Roy, right? That <laughs> so, is every dad's like, response to... <laughs> to yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> who the fuck is Alex Roy? <laughs> so, I I mean, I explained it to him, and he was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, I see Alex, like, just by the bagel buffet, shoving a bagel with cream cheese in his mouth, and he has, like, cream cheese all over his face. It was, like, the funniest thing ever. <laughs> so, I'm like... <laughs> And this I'm is like, the morning. Gonna, this is like early morning. Like, this is like seven thirty a.m. Yeah, yeah. I, like Alex probably never didn't sleep the night before. He's like literally just like no, probably not. And he was wearing he was wearing the Pulitzer jacket and like it was like 60, 70 degrees out. I'm like he has a leather jacket and whatever. It's like he just he was in uniform. He was in Alex Roy uniform, doing aviators and all. So yeah. doing the thing. So I'm like holy shit. I'm like I have to go up to him. So I go up to him just to spark a conversation. And the first thing he asked me, he's like, oh, so what do you do? I'm like, I'm in college. I'm like, I'm studying fashion. He's like, oh, you're studying fashion. Awesome. He's like, I have the jacket line. And since there, we just started talking. And he's like, you should come by my loft next week. And let's talk about what we could do with these jackets and brainstorm some ideas. And from there, I met up. I went to his. I went to the apartment that next week. And I don't know. That was like our relationship. That's where it started. And then all these things grew out of that and i mean it was really really surreal and it still is he always has a knack for for utilizing somebody either for something that he's like oh i actually need someone for that or he's like i know a guy who would you'd be perfect to meet i i need like how many times have you seen him meet a stranger and they talk for five minutes and he's giving them a phone number of somebody else like you need to talk to this guy always i've gotten so many texts from random people they're like oh alex gave me your number i'm like oh this is awesome i mean like he is he's really really good at connecting the dots with people it's incredible and you you actually were there like right when i met him for the first time which is when i met you correct um because, yeah. And, yeah yeah and you you made me look like a friggin cool guy i so i was there w- like literally as a plus one right i was there with dr m3 because we had yes. been in manhattan for the huracan performante like private unveiling pre-geneva yep yep and yep everyone <laughs> Eli was there too. Yeah, exactly. Ignition tube. Yeah. So yeah. we 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 were at Rob Ferretti's. We were at Gotham Dream Cars, and we were like hanging out. And I was like, "Hey, can you see if like he could hook us up with Alex? We're gonna be in New York for a couple days." Cody asks. Rob's like Im- immediately on the phone, like, "Hey, Alex, I've got Doctor here," and he's like, "Oh, I'd love to meet Doctor. I've been following him for years." Blah blah blah. So we go there. We're hanging out, and I am 
I'm fanboying like hard because like not only am yeah. I meeting him, I'm not meeting at him at like a show. I'm not meeting at him at an event. I'm meeting him in his, his house, like in yes. in this house. And they had already been filming stuff. I had watched like um, the old 3207 video uh, or movie. I shouldn't go the video, <laughs> like, but like the the original, you know, the original Cannonball kind of movie they were going for. And I waited for that movie for, you know, five years or whatever. And it finally came out and I'm watching it. And all the like all the footage of the planning is in this apartment. And then here I am in it. There's the bear. There's the the the, the gun. There's the stuff. Exactly. And the slats. It's just an unmistakable setting. You'd never you couldn't commit a murder and have like a photo and be like, where was that? You'd be like, no, that was definitely yep. at the Cooper Square. Exactly. Apartment. So exactly. So like it's the place. <laughs> and I remember hanging out there and trying to like you know when you're like trying to be cool you're like i want i want this person to like be like oh you're not a total loser and yep and, and then <laughs> and it was kind of going okay and then you walk in and you're like oh it's tedward and alex's face just lit the fuck up like oh people know Dude, who you are i knew who you were because of e39 source right which is so I fucking remember weird <laughs> that you I, knew that i know yeah, because, I mean, again, I had an E39, so I would follow all this stuff, and I was in the forums and stuff. So I saw your, I think it was like your, I don't even remember, it was like your intro video to E39 yeah, the, Source. Ryan, like let you me walking do like an, around your car. Exactly. Yeah. It was like yeah. in my drive, like my shitty driveway. So I was like, this dude seems super cool, and he has E39, and I just followed you. And then from there, I saw the content you posted, and I just started watching it, which is so funny. And like I mean I was not a recognizable figure like it was it was my least recognizable time probably and the fact that you walked in put two and two together that quickly it was just amazing and I you I think no joke you were the first I can vividly remember it like you're like the first person to recognize me in a place that I was just like I can't believe that happened (laughs) but that's where you I think are such an interesting figurehead here because you're not a figurehead you're so all right this is this is I'm telling and you can you can like <laughs> laugh this off humbly if you'd like but like imagine you walk into a party and there's like all these A-list celebrities you know you see like Jake Gyllenhaal and I keep using him why do I keep using him but let's just I, I watched Ocean's <laughs> Eleven yesterday let's just use them we've got George Clooney we've got Matt Damon we've let's got use, Don Cheadle yes. right so let's you walk in <laughs> and you're totally starstruck by all these people because you want to meet them but what you notice is that all of those people are walking over to this other guy who you don't recognize and they're all talking to him you're that guy. You're that guy who like everybody in the automotive industry, everybody in automotive media knows you and you have helped everybody in whatever bizarro capacity here and there. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit with JF's projects, <laughs> but like every you like, that's why I really wanted to talk to you. Cause I'm just like, nobody talks to Nikhil and is like, Oh, what's your next project? Because you're not the guy on camera usually. You have been a couple of times, but like very rarely are you the person or haven't. Yeah, have, and it's even just, me doing this, like I, I, I'm just I don't necessarily put myself out there. That's not what I usually. I'm totally cool with being off camera, and like I prefer it that way actually. Um, so even me doing something like this, like I have to say, like it's a big step for me because it's just out of my comfort zone. It's so out of my comfort zone. But at the end of the but, day, you're talking to somebody and I watch you do this. I mean, not like I yes, see you exactly. all the time, but like, I feel I like know, it's just, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm just it's excited. Just, no, it's just weird. <laughs> I think I was just like, I think I was just surrounded by all these great people who I always admire deep down. Right. And like, I've watched all these people and I've met, I've been introduced to 
I've been, I was introduced to so much in such a small period of time where, I mean, I wasn't necessarily overwhelmed with all of it. I was just like, okay, I'm like, this is what it is now. I'm like, I guess, like, these are the people that are around me. I'm like, I just have to get used to it. I'm like, you know, you just, there's a, you reach a point where you're like, all right, I have to stop, like, freaking out about this this and just get over it and these are normal people who i work with now. well i can remember being at the apartment for the after party of the secret race um uh like screening the pre like it wasn't a finished yeah. product and i remember like being like so excited to be down there and i mean like you and also you you also are like a very accommodating person because i hate like i hate driving to new york because it's like my worst like i like being in new york yeah. i do not like coming in a car I hate that unless like I know there's like some valet or things are already taken care of and you yes, always yeah. and I, I know that sounds crazy but like that's where my anxiety lies I could literally drive you I could be in LA and you're like hey can you get this car to me in New York I'd be like sure you're like yeah just park it and I'm like oh like I, I'm cool with the whole drive I just hate the <laughs> parking just, I hate yeah it sucks so I remember going down there and being like, I'm early. I just don't want to be late for this thing. I want everything to be perfect. Everything got fucked because like the guy we were staying with in Brooklyn, like, uh, or wherever the hell it was, he's like, oh, you know, I, you can't get into my building right now. We couldn't park anywhere. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I remember calling you and I didn't want to like ask for help because I'm like, I'm sure your day is a fucking psycho shit show right now. But I'm like, hey, I'm early. Like, what are you up to? And you're like, just come down to Classic Car Club Manhattan, which already was like, I knew you were going out on a limb for me because they were uh, they were putting on a show for Audi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. It was like the auto show. It was the New York. It was the e-tron launch, I think. It was like the the worst timing, worst timing for visitors. Like it was not a time. It's like, yeah, Yeah. just park out front. So I did. Exactly. And they looked at me and they looked at you like, are you fucking like inviting people here? And you're like, it's cool. It's cool. I was like, thank you. Um, but I, rem- I always feel like when I, when I walk into those places, like, Hey, you are the one you never, you're, you're not too cool for anything. Like you, I never feel like I'm in this position where I'm like, Oh shit. Like, you know, I, I always just feel welcome when you're there. I feel like I'm, Oh, thank God Nikhil is here. Cause I, otherwise I might not know where to go or I'll look like an <laughs> idiot or like, where do I sit? What do I do? What? Do I- <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, man. I mean, like, again, and I think it's just because, like, I am just a normal person, right? And I'm just always in these weird situations where I'm, like, around these crazy people all the time. And I'm, like, I'm on the same boat as you are. I'm just, like, I'm just going through this as time takes me. So, um, I don't know. It's this weird situation where I'm, like, just be cool. Like, in my head, I'm always just, like, just be, like, that's all you could really do. I mean, just... It's true. And I mean, just for context, like we, we went into that theater and I remember sitting down and we, I was, we, I was with you and Mike Spinelli for most of the day, which also very comforting individual. <laughs> he's oh, like, he's the best. Like he's I love the Mike. best. Spinelli is like one of my favorite people. He's the warmest person. Like, but I remember sitting down and it was like you Spinelli and a couple other people. And then like two or three rows behind us, is like iced tea and cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, shut up. And then like, it was really fun to watch all of all of the people that I'd be starstruck by in the automotive industry be starstruck by that. By Ice T. Ice T was so I remember freaking out when Ice T walked when he walked into the theater. Because like no one we invited Ice T, but no one really knew if he would come or not, right? I mean, because like JF shot him a text that day of and he said he was coming, but like 
he was a little late in responding and all that stuff. So we were, we were a little unsure, but then when he walked in, everyone was just like, holy fuck, he's actually here. It, it was crazy. No, you. Sorry this is not that. a family yeah. show. This is. <laughs> uh, no, it was so bizarre, and you know, it's funny because ever since then, like, I have like more interest in iced tea because I'm just like every time I hear an iced tea story, it literally kills me. Me too, because like I again, like I didn't really follow much of his social media or anything before that, but meeting him that day, just like this dude's the coolest thing ever. Like, just any if he, any sentence he says to me is just like the funniest thing in the world. It's like, weird because him like, on Twitter, just, I can't figure out why though. Because I'm like, I'm not making fun of him, but the way he delivers things is not, pure exactly. comedy. It's pure comedy every time. It's pure comedy. It's so funny. Because Mark Mark Marin, like a decade ago, did this bit where he like was in Spain and and he and he, and he saw iced tea in an aquarium, and yeah, iced tea's walking around this aquarium with his kids, and. He's just like, well, we have to follow him. So he follows him just to listen to him. And he's like, Ice-T is like reading off of the little signs on the aquarium. And he, I'm like, I don't think I can do an Ice-T impression. But he's like, the sea anemone travels as a group. And he like, you know, does like this whole thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, I would totally, if there was a nature, like when when National Geographic loses like the big voice actors, just get Ice-T. He, he'll do it all. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I remember when we were recording the narration for apex right and spinelli jf and will barber who is tangent vectors producer so they were in the studio together and i know the story because spinelli was telling me and like (laughs) we we still talk about this to this day i already know the story you're telling and i can't wait to hear it again (laughs) yeah so so Ice-T walks into the studio those three are just sitting there and spinelli's like it's a pleasure to meet you and then Ice-T just goes it's always a treat when players meet. And I'm like, I have that is a, the most iced tea thing ever. I'm sure he's sick of it, but I say it to Spinelli every time I see him. Oh, always. <laughs> Spinelli, like, I always say that to Spinelli. Even today, I'm like, just randomly slack him. It's always a treat when players meet. Not only that, but the, the context of calling Spinelli a playa is the funniest thing in the world to me. Because, like, objectively, he is. But he's also just, like, the nerdiest dude, like, to be yeah. like, yo, that's he a... Had on, in the photo, he had on, like, L.L. Bean duck boots. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my god he's just it's so funny and i i don't know but all right tell me about like you you got involved with with the secret race like long was it even before it was becoming the secret race like because you had the worst job of everybody because i think you i remember you sent me a picture once and it was like boxes of tapes like vhs tapes and exactly and i was like what are those you're like this is all the raw footage of stuff that people shot over like a decade of us express and cannibal runs like yeah home video and exactly so (laughs) i had so it was right after the lawsuit the 3207 situation settled right yeah and that was finally coming to a close so it was finally time to start working on the new version with jf and we just had all this footage we had the original we there was like a few different cuts from the previous film and they will probably never see the light of day, right? But I had the job of sorting through the footage and just considering I was a fresh eye to all of this at the time, they thought it was best I do this because I haven't seen... I So I didn't watch 3207 before, right? So, and I, I've never seen... I've just never seen this footage before and all these guys are so tired of looking at this footage. They're like, we need fresh eyes on this. So I looked through the footage and I 
it was just my job to put through just organized clips of stuff I thought was cool for the movie and just cool for scenes, just B-roll and shots of the car. So it was just sorting through hours and hours and hours and hours of footage and just picking out favorite, like my favorite scenes and what looks cool and all that stuff. Right. And it was just so tedious because it was weeks. Right. Was, and how do I mean, you even, I mean, this isn't like, ooh. were you transferring it onto hard drives and like going through it? Yeah. Or like, Oh my yeah. God. And unlike you're just yeah, trying yeah, to like yeah. flag it in a way that's like, Oh, this seems like relevant. Yeah, exactly. And I would be like, and I would just like note them like Alex drives, Alex drives and sunglasses look cool and sun or whatever, like stupid little things like that, that made it into the movie. But I mean, it was tedious. It was super, super So it's interesting that you're saying this right now because I actually, I'm like sitting, so um, I worked with two cannonball uh, attempts. One of them was a, tw- a 26. So what, what was it? 26, 29 was the, the fastest time this team did. And I'm literally going through the footage now. And I have yeah. that. I have what you had basically where you're like, Oh my God, I'm staring at like literally 30 hours from one run plus all the other crap. That's like ancillary to this thing. Yeah. And on top of that, it was, yeah, like all the original US Express footage, like that's not necessarily Alex's run, but there were so many runs made and there's so many videos of all these, like, and the footage was fucking insane. Like, yeah, what what was it like to look at that? Because I mean, first of all, I'm sure that just to begin with looking at footage from these guys and listening to the dialogue, some of them are probably very clever, very funny. Some of it's probably just like, holy shit, you could say that in 1983. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean no there was a lot of shit said that would just never fly today <laughs> no. it's like it would just never ever um but yeah there was a lot of that there was just a lot of it was a lot of like cursing it was a lot of it was just random stuff like it was just car talk you know like you're, you're in a car together for this many hours so you you're going to hear some shit. Like, yeah, I definitely have. And I, the guys who I, I know they're dreading that I'm going to put this in, but there's a 100% chance this goes in my film and it's them pissing in the car, like into these like yeah. bags and then just like fucking yeah, yeah, grenading yeah. them out the window. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. It's a I, lot of stuff like that. It's so there. funny. And I'm like, Oh, littering's terrible, but this is great footage. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> footage. So, so, so so it goes from that. You, you like, do you hand, are you just like handing that off to JF or his like production crew? Like, how is that working? Yeah. So I sorted all of that onto hard drives and I just handed it over to JF and production crew and we sat down together and narrowed it down further from there. And just like really, really, we spent like months going through footage and narrowing it down into smaller, smaller, smaller bits. How, like um, but, I think about that all the time because like you you look at like how much like good juicy stuff goes into these these events and then yeah. JF is like oh yeah you need like a 90 minute film yeah like exactly holy shit that's so hard to cut that to 90 minutes tell a story and it show the highlights so hard I know and still make it exciting like I mean it was it's a real challenge because like with Apex, we were tr- had to be 90 minutes because we were trying to get that TV slot, right? And, like, the NBC sports and stuff, like, 
that's a 90 minute block on TV. So it has to fit within that timestamp. So that's another and, part of this that I don't think a lot of people realize is that like you, all right. So the drive, obviously the, uh, the drive has gone through its own like ups and downs and all this crazy stuff. We'll talk about where it is now, but like they have, you know, the, the drive on NBC sports, there's the yep. YouTube channel, which is where most people know the drive from, um, the, the website, which is like an automotive news type site. Uh, yep. and then you guys just have all these crazy associations where you're involved. Like you guys are working with blip shift. You are kind of how you are housed in, uh, classic car club, Manhattan. Like you have all, it's such a crazy thing. So like, first, what is, what is the drive right now? Like what, if you can sum up the drive without just like naming, like all of these crazy outlets, like there's still not, it's still a relatively small, like organization. It is. It is. And uh, the drive is, I mean, it's an automotive media company. It's like complex, right? How complex is for streetwear. That's what the drive is for automotive. So there's so many different categories of it where it's, it's more than just a publication. I mean, it really is a proper media company where, you know, there's content, there's merch, there's products, there's branding, there's collaborations. It's, it's a real brand. I think the drive is a brand more than anything else. I think that's the hardest thing for even me to wrap my head around sometimes is because as far as I'm concerned, like the drive came and went like with you, like YouTube was what I thought the drive was. And I, and because yes. I know you and because I know these people, I'm like, I'm fully aware that it is not, that is not the beginning and end of the drive. But like, how, what would you tell someone who like was an avid drive follower, like via YouTube, like, like, Hey, we're still around and we're like mass, like you, like re, you guys have like a huge footprint as far as like, the, it, we, we it, do, we when do. You, when you tell me the numbers, I'm like, how, how is that real? Like, <laughs> like I don't, our, our editorial and we have like, I love our editorial team. I think like our editorial team is awesome. So I, it's just, I don't think people realize that the amount of editorial content we push out on the site and how many articles we have going out every single day. Um, that alone, I mean, yeah, the scale of our editorial department is that's where most of our efforts go, right? Into the articles. And more so than video now, but I mean it's equal it's so much stronger. The drive is stronger than it ever has been. And people don't realize that. It's just just because we don't we're not out there pushing YouTube videos now right. doesn't mean we're gone for forever so yeah i, I mean, still do it's see, just something else yeah i still do see some youtube content like what's this i mean you are the creative strategist what is the creative strategy there like because it because it, it's it seems to be like peppered like it's once in a while i see something I'm like whoa they like really put some like that electric um bmw the e30 that yeah. was so cool i was like oh this is a great video and i'm like i could tell that um I like I knew I could I could tell by who was literally in your office. I'm like, oh my god, you guys like lost your entire office for like three days of filming or something because it looked like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I was like, because I'm like, oh, I know Nikhil's there. I know those other two guys are there. I know they're probably being like calling back to other people saying like, did we get the shots we needed? Like, here's the list. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah yeah yeah. That was so the E30 Tesla shoot was an interesting one because that was it was actually you're right. It was me, Aaron, and Jared. And we drove out there in the morning. So that shoot was something we've been trying to do. We were trying to do for a while. It got pushed back for weather and last minute rescheduling. So it was like sort of, it took a few months to actually lock down a date for that shoot. And I remember it was, it was there actually exactly a year ago. We, it was like, we were trying to, we were trying to get as much as we can within a day. And when I say that, I mean, 
as many locations, as many I was blown drone up. shots. It, Dude, it was th- th- no joke. As a viewer, as someone who like makes shit all the time, I was like, "Oh my god, you guys like really did this!" Like I watched the follow yeah, shots, yeah, the yeah, drone yeah. shots on the coast, the shots in the garage, um, all the mic setups to get him talking. Try- First of all, then trying to get a guy to talk on camera is tough because it's not like it's an actor. You're not like, "Hey, Mike, can you just come quickly do this intro?" It's like, dude, yeah. that takes fucking forever to get a stranger to tell you the thing. Yeah, and luckily John was amazing. He killed it. Um, he's such a good character. Like, so because he's with something like that, with a story like that, it's a little tough to do it yourself or have someone host it because it's so. so it goes into so much detail and I think only the person who knows the car and like the only person who knows the car is him. It's just, he's the only person that could probably talk about that car because the, if you look at the wiring diagrams and all the work done to Incredible. it, just, it goes so in depth. And if you follow him on Instagram, like you'll see all the stuff he posts and I mean, the dude's a mad scientist. Well, did you guys just have to trust that? Like, like, all right. You, yeah. You, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you're going into this. It's like if I'm filming a, a Ford Explorer, I know the questions to ask. I know what I'm looking at. I know what needs to fill the time. When you're trying to film something that's like this legitimate, like laboratory Frankenstein thing, you're like, yeah, I know, like high level, it's an electric E30, but like that, there's so much more. And you kind of now you know you have like this, like this YouTube base who watches Engineering Explained, and you're like, they're gonna want more, and you have to kind of trust this guy to tell yeah. you things and yeah, be like, yeah, oh, yeah. I guess show me where that is on the car so I can film it. Exactly, and I think it was so. Again, like I said, we've been trying to get this locked down for a few months. Um, I remember how I first saw the car was on Instagram. I was just scrolling through Instagram one night and I saw it on my Explorer page or whatever. And I'm like, holy shit. And I realized that he had like no following. And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, this makes no sense. We need to change that. I'm like, this makes, I'm like, this makes no sense. I'm like, this is really, really, really cool. And like, there's a video of him like dropping his daughter off to school and she's in the car seat in the back and he's just like flooring it. And this like Tesla swapped E30. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I just DM'd him on Instagram, like, dude, we have to talk. I would love to do a story or something on this. And it started off as like a back and forth Instagram DM thing. And eventually, like, it all starts with the Google Doc. I made a Google Doc. I invited him on the doc. And we just shared some notes and bounced ideas off each other for a few weeks. And we hopped on calls. And I just got as much information from him as, we, as I could have. And then it just started, like, it all made sense. And it's just a matter of narrowing it down and what we want to include in the film and stuff. So isn't, isn't and sending just it to him. so much effort. Like it's so funny. People don't recognize the effort. Cause I don't remember how long that was. It might've been like a 12 minute film. Or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was around 10 minutes, 12 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like that is so much effort and like, you'll never, it was months. Yeah. You'll never get paid back for that. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's like impossible. Um, and, and that's where I remember I was listening to like, uh, Chris Harris and JF on collecting cars and they were just talking about the landscape of YouTube and how yeah. it's insane that they got to do what they do. Like I, you, you that can't happen. You could you could never. Yeah. Now it's, it's crazy because I mean, hence why we only did one of those videos. Right? <laughs> that's what I, I was mean, wondering. I'm like, are we doing like, yeah. when I saw that, I'm like, holy shit, this is a big production with a small team, like a small, exactly. Team. That's exactly what it was and it's just it doesn't make sense putting resources to something like that because you're never going to get it back right i mean it's just a forward-facing product it, it looks cool it's good for the brand 
but you can't do that on a consistent basis no. on and even like i mean we have almost two million followers on youtube but it's just even then it's tough man unless you're consistent with it and doing it every day and it's tough. I mean, YouTube is an every day, every three, four day thing. And if you're not on that, it is. And if you're, and that's the other thing is like the biggest, the, the, almost the worst thing you can do is make something incredible and realize you're like, fuck me. I can't do that every month. I can't do that every week. I can't yeah. do that every other day. Like that's why yeah. we've gone from, I've gone from doing like multi-cam productions on every single car I drive to like, I put a GoPro on a hat and I drive a car as fast as I fucking yeah. can and as safely as I can. And I talk about it and it gets more views yeah. because I, and, and it has to, it's the only way to do this. And then there's also the added element of being in Manhattan. All day. Oh my God. You guys are totally screwed. Like there's only yeah. so many B roll shots you can do over a bridge with like, you know, a supercar. It's like, yeah, great. Exactly. Like, yo, you're flexing hard. Congrats. Like, <laughs> and, and if we like the closest nice roads we have, it's like an hour and a half at least. So just logis like from a logistical standpoint, it's such a mess trying to do content like that from New York and with everything involved. I mean, it doesn't make the most sense, but again, it, things are different now. Like our editorial is stronger than ever. We're pushing out more content or, quality for on that side it's just gone up and i mean yeah that's that's really where most of our force is now on editorial and so that's your part-time thing what else does what else do you do like it's so funny because like i said you're like this dude who's like everywhere I, all the time i don't understand yeah. your life and i it's one of those times when it's like when someone says like yeah you've really got to diversify and do this and i'm like what does that mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um the thing i'm working on most right now so is my company 24 helps and that's something I'm co-founder of. It's a wellness platform. And that was originally uh, COVID calm, right? It was originally COVID calm. So we launched it March 21st, which is like first week of quarantine in New York. And cause my partner and I were just so bored at home and we were like, we need, we need something to do cause everything slowed down and I, I just can't, I can't slow down. Like, no, I just can't sit around and like, what am I doing at home all day? Like I have to do something. So that was something for me to keep busy during the quarantine. And it was what it is, is COVIDcom is a way for people to escape their current situations and have this resource to look forward to where it helped them better themselves and grow themselves while they were stuck at home. So we offered free meditation, free yoga, free breath work, all that stuff. Cause I am into wellness and I am into all of that stuff as well, but that's a personal thing. I don't really talk about that stuff too much. Now I do. Yeah, but, but you're in a, you're, I mean, that's the thing is there is a point, whether that's like your lifestyle or not, but there's a point when anybody, especially someone like you who was under the gun with probably deadlines and like this fucking thing needs to get done or everything comes mm -hmm. crashing down. Like if you're doing three things for, you know, JF and three things for Alex, those all have to get done. It's like, exactly. oh, you're not shipping the jackets? Like, you just fucked over all these customers. Oh, you didn't get me my footage? Yeah, yeah, Guess yeah. what? You just set back production two weeks. It's like, there's a lot of actual pressure yeah. on you. And and you you do need to kind of find a way to separate from that after dark. And like... For sure. Walk, for sure. Or in and the morning. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I love music therapy and I love listening to music. So Hi-Fi, which is another hot, like passion or hobby we didn't of mine. Even, which, we didn't even say NoHo Sound. We'll uh, get there. <laughs> That's, that's a whole other thing, right? I mean, there's just so much. Um, so 
I yeah, I mean every night I have I have really nice headphones at home that I use, and every night before bed I listen to music for like an hour or two just to wind down from the day. That's my nightly routine, um, and I need that. I need that break. I need that like little period of whether I'm doing meditation or listening to music and all that stuff. Um, but that's exactly what this is, and we're offering that on a larger scale for people and offering this as a resource. And I think people needed it more at that time than ever. So that snowballed into something much larger. It became a real community. We just partnered with NYU three weeks ago, which is insane. So surreal. We did like, yeah, we had a 900 person event two weeks ago. What? And it was insane. Yeah. um, That's something that snowballed into something bigger than i I hate there's a all right so i as much as i like love you and i'm always wishing the best for you there's sometimes when like you do things that i'm just like how the fuck did that happen and then when you're just like it just happened i'm like that's not good enough tell me more (laughs) you know everyone i don't know i mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean i say that but like i myself i'm like i find this hard to believe if i find like we're listed on nyu as a resource for their newly graduates yeah how does this make any sense but i I reached out to, for 24, when I launched that, I reached out to everybody I know. And I'm like, can you, like, I'm like, it was just, it wasn't favors. So I'm like, do you know anyone that could help me with this? Do you know anyone that could help me with this? Or do you know anybody that could connect me with someone who does this? And I asked around and I got people. Well, how, can, how can people, people, how can people find that right now? Like if, if, if someone was like, oh, what the hell is that? Like, where do they go? 24helps.com 24 and 24helps on Instagram as well. Yeah. Got it. I sh- I'm, I'm, I'm not above a shameless plug. I'll do it for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So I have that going on. That's been taking up most of my time now, honestly. And cause it's just so big and we have an event tomorrow morning too. That I have to prep for it's a meditation Saturday morning meditation. So stuff like that keeps me busy. Um, I do that. Noho Sound. I'm the creative director for which I run all the marketing and events. And How many fucking W2s do you receive? Like <laughs> your all, taxes must all be all the co- W2s. Who is, who is your fucking accountant, man? <laughs> all the W2s. Yes. <laughs> Just like, all of them. You're like, shit, I earned $40 last year from this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so Noho Sound, I'm doing the events for. So whether it's digital now, but. I put together experiences and events for people. And that is hospitality is one of my favorite things, man. You're good at it. You make people feel like they belong and you make people feel like you're the guest, like you're one of their favorite guests. Like when anybody walks in or at the time, I know the apartment's gone, which is very bizarre. Um, but like NoHo sound was in Alex's apartment and now it's, now it's somewhere else. Is it still a NoHo? It's it's Tribeca. Um, so it's like 15 minutes away, sure, but good enough. That's yeah, right. yeah, good enough. Still downtown. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hospitality is something that's, I was never into it before NoHo Sound. With NoHo Sound, I was sort of forced to be in these environments where we were like, we had 50 people at the event every single, at, at the apartment every single night. So just being forced to be in these social situations, I was, I've always, and I still am, I am such an introvert, but just being forced in these situations and forced to be out of my comfort zone really helped me. And I learned how much I love just catering to people. Like I love hospitality. I love putting together an experience where people could remember and take home with them for the rest of their life. Who are you? That to me is like 
Yeah. yeah. Who are Sorry. your well? Who are your favorite? I mean, you guys have hosted a lot of different artists because, like, I don't know if people yes. know this. I mean, NoHo Sound not only are you guys doing like crazy, crazy high end audio stuff like Macintosh and all these bananas things. Like, it, it's frustrating because like I go in there, I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I just know I'm not touching anything because I'm like terrified of it. I'm like, this is way too expensive. And you're like, no, just press the button. I'm like, I, you press the button. I'm not pressing the button. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and which is funny because I have no problem like getting behind the wheel and like flogging a million dollar car. But like, I see this audio yeah. shit and i'm just like my dad i feel like my dad's about to yell at me <laughs> like don't touch yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> don't touch that don't touch that but and, like so who you and i think oh go ahead sorry 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 no no sorry you i, can, I was just gonna say that. who are like your favorite artists like who've come through because you guys have had some pretty intense people come in we've had some pretty intense people um one of my favorite uh audience it wasn't even a concert it was just a comedy night it was mark normand who is pretty big now but Seeing him in person was really cool and hosting. Uh, Aparna Nalcharna is also another comedian who was on. Who, who knew her? How did that happen? It was so we we work with this event organizer out by 10, Susan, and she knows all these people from just being in the industry for years and years and years. And she's always like, hey, I feel like this person would be really good. And like they would love to do an intimate show. I'm like, cool, who is it? And she's like, it's Mark Norman. I'm like, what? I'm like, how does that make sense? Um, so that was awesome. I I love the comedy stuff, man. Like big comedy fan. So the comedy nights are always one of my favorites. I'm always. It's just one of those things where I always wish, like, man, I wish I was closer. Because if I if I had lived in New York, I totally would have been like, I will do, I will, I will be the skinny little bodyguard if you need me to be. I'll hang out and help out. Like I'll do. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean that's the whole goal with No Sound, right? It's to. Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. You always feel like your dad would yell at you if you press the hi-fi button, right? And <laughs> exactly. the whole point of NoHo Sound is to not make people feel that way about hi-fi because that's like that's the general image that hi-fi gets. It's all these old New York hi-fi shops. It's like the 70-year-old dude behind the counter who's like who's just going to yell at you the second you walk in and make you feel super unwelcomed. But, I mean, NoHo Sound, we're trying to make hi-fi accessible you have people spending like $30,000 on watches and people buying all these cars, but people don't even know like these speakers exist. And the second they hear it and experience that, they're like, I need this. Every time so, I listen to Tame Impala, like that second album, because that was Alex would always play, I forget the name of the song, but he'd always play that song. Uh, Let It Happen. Let It Happen was the song yeah. where he's like, you got to yeah. experience this because it's a little gritty and you hear all yeah. of the texture of that album through the speakers. Exactly. And it, and like cars, like you have so many niches within that world where you have like the guys who are into tube amps and you have the guys who are into like preamp, all this stuff. It's, it's really, there's so many deep holes to go into with hi-fi. And I think the more you're into it, you're never satisfied. In hi-fi, you're just never satisfied. You the, always want a bigger and better system. Well, the thing I come away with is that like, you're just like, oh, so there are actually no good car audio systems <laughs> yes like, you're like yeah no for sure you like they put, all suck they all put they the name and they all just like license the name and they're like yeah sure like you're bowers and wilkins you're a bose you're this you're that yeah. and it's like oh dude no you have no idea what you're talking about this does not sound good yeah i have um bang and olufsen in my audi and it's i hate like it sounds like tin cans to me because i'm just so used to what this sounds like and i'm like 
I don't know. And people are like paying so much for this upgraded audio system from the dealerships. I'm like, such a ripoff. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> and it's like, and sometimes they do it like, I mean, the Volkswagen ones where they're like, oh, it's Fender. I'm like, who? Yeah, who's exactly. Out? Like, come Fender. on, dude. Like, yeah. I have to say, though, I do enjoy uh, Meridian and the Range Rovers. I do feel like that's one of the better in-car audio systems. Yeah, I mean, they like, exist. Any new Range Rover is amazing. It's just yeah. so hard. It's also just like the worst possible way to put sound into a person. It's like a car. It is. Yeah, I mean, the whole shape is It's so... So, like, with the hi-fi system, right? I mean, you have your two speakers in front of you, and you're spaced out at X amount of distance. It's right. an equilateral triangle of where you see it. There's so much that goes into it. And with the car, it's just hard to have like the surround you can't do it and you have to try to you can't you You have to because then what you do is you you compensate by balancing it and just like blowing out like oh just make the the right side louder making or like making the low end heavy and adding bass like people always think more bass better the quality for some reason that's such a thing but it is not good but yeah no i've like having listened to some of those systems and stuff it like ruined car audio for me i was like it really does i hate listening to music in the car and I hate that I hate it because like, I really want to listen to music in the car, but like, I can't enjoy it. It really spoils you. It's so hard to like, it's just like even listening to music on my AirPods, my commute every day. It's just, I do it, but it's just white noise. Exactly. Well, what are you working (laughs) on next? Like what's coming up? Are you, do you have any projects with, 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 um, you know, the drive people, do you have projects with like, I mean, JF's always got something going on and I'm sure you're one of the hands that he likes to have on deck. Yes, for sure. Um, working on a couple projects with that, and um, so with the drive, we're actually building out our own e-commerce store, which is going to be really exciting. Um, having like its own website and offering all sorts of products, so I'm reaching out to some cool brands for collaborations on that. Um, but my biggest focus right now, and what I'm pushing the most right now, is really 24helps.com. That's if that's awesome. my shameless plug for this. No, that's do it. Be it. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm so proud of um, you for like chasing your own thing too, because it's so, all right. So here's the deal. Um, every, until I met you, every, like, let's say assistant or, you know, uh, manager or anybody who worked with like a person who had some, uh, any moniker of fame, is that the word moniker monicum monica I don't know. I shouldn't use words. I don't yeah. understand. Um, <laughs> but like they always kind of acted like the gatekeeper as if like they were the success of their boss. Right. They're like, yeah. like, it would be like, Oh, I'm working for this guy. Let's say Jake Gyllenhaal again. Right. <laughs> I'm working for Jake Gyllenhaal. Like I'm, I'm, I'm as good as him. Cause you don't get to talk to him until you talk to me. And I think that's one of the things that you're so good at at the time when you were starting out was because you really were like Alex's right-hand man and no one ever felt like you were the gatekeeper. You were part of the team. You were like really part of that team. And that's so unique. That's not a thing that happens. I think like Alex and my relationship, I mean, Alex is family to me. Like Alex is my my parents. And like, I mean, he really is like a family member to me. So. I think just we've always had that energy with each other. So it always just felt natural. And there was never like this weird feeling with that at all. Like, well, I it mean, it was awesome. Like, like, I love Alex to death. Yeah. It's one, well, it is one of those things where like, it's not someone that you're just walking into an office every day and he's like, okay, get me the thing. It's like, you're going to yeah. his home. Like you're in his home. Yeah. No, I was, you he live would come there. out in like his bathrobe. Yeah. You basically literally. live there. And then like you get to a point where like not so long ago, it goes from that to, oh, and here, like, here's my baby for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Coco. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would take like I I don't know. I was around Coco. I love. I was like Coco's second dad, essentially. Exactly. No, it's great. Like, and I mean, yeah. I don't know you. I'm sure you get enough praise, but I, I just, I do want to say, like, you should be so proud of the involvement you've had in so many projects that, like, nobody even knows you're a part of. And just know that yeah. there are people like me out there who are going, "Oh my God, I need to hear Nikhil's story behind this." I appreciate that. I really appreciate like you asking to be on this man. It, I again like I still watch your YouTube channel like all the time, man. Like I, I mean the X seven video, I'm like, yes, I'm like I need more video. Um so just being like just knowing you, dude, is awesome. Like I'm a big fan of you. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's yeah. been I mean that's the thing. It's like people people like you have also taught me to just like just keep doing the thing because not everything takes a day, not everything takes a year. Sometimes no, it takes exactly. a long burn to like find your thing and get there, get to the place where it's like, oh, this is going to work. It's incredible how much effort goes into certain things. And sometimes we forget it's not just the people who are on the camera. Um, yeah, and, yeah, 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 for sure. And um, let's see if we do you have any good Chris Harris stories? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but like, you, you know, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, you would be in the entourage. You know, you're the guy. You're in there. You're part of that. Yeah. Crew. And I love I love the fact that I'm low key about that. Like, again, I have no interest in putting my face out there. I really could care less about that, that stuff. Right. So I'm like, this is the best way I get to experience this stuff because I really do want to experience this life. But I don't have to put myself out there. I don't have to put my face out there. There you go. What do you think the next generation or like, what is the next um, step in automotive media look like? Because we've gone through the hyper like stylized um, insanity that the drive was doing back in the day when there was like serious funding. We've gone through the, we're kind of still on the tail. I think we're on the tail end of it, but like, please God, let us be on the tail end of like just obnoxious vloggers. I, I don't know that I can do it anymore. I so exactly. And what I think is going to happen is I, so what I, what I really see happening is I, I think people's expectations after all of this, this year is it's going to be, people don't want to see the flashy shit anymore. I've realized, and I've learned this a lot with even fashion and just general, like I'm always observing what people are interested in. Like I went to school for fashion forecasting. So just, I love paying attention to trends and all that, that stuff. Um, I just, I think things are going to be a lot simpler from a production standpoint. I think this is why people like Doug DeMuro or, or, I mean, great example. He is as low budget as they come, man. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. And I think you're going to continue to see a lot more of that. I think people just relate to that on a different level. People don't want to see the edited videos or like the vlogs with, you know, like that are just cut up and I don't know. I, there's this like the one shot video it's just going to be, so, I think that's going to be so much more prevalent. It's so, up. it's so funny because it's like, you know, Matt Farah has been doing that for so long with one takes. Yeah. And yet it's like, oh shit, that's actually what people want. Like it is, it's exactly what people want. And I think, yeah, I mean, you, you look at like the smoking time, even on the podcast, like the comments, it's just people asking for more one takes all the um i i see more and more of that stuff well it's i mean it's car porn in in the most literal sense it's like sometimes people just like just get into it like i didn't come here to get warmed up like don't give me the friggin 50 seconds of b-roll and drone shots i know 
show me the car and like that's what we do exactly now. just get straight to it yeah and like even your videos i think like the pov driving stuff that stuff is awesome like i think you're gonna see a lot more people doing that, that stuff i'm hoping that like that's what me and chris amos the tofer have been talking about a lot because we're just like you know what i think this is like what it's gonna be i think this is how we gotta do it and i think i think the same goes for you guys i mean whether it's your whether it's youtube on the drive i don't know what that will yeah, evolve into yeah i don't think i don't know if you know what it'll evolve into either but like you know, even the articles, it's like, get, get me there and don't copy paste specs. Don't copy paste. Yeah. Like, like, cut, cut the fluff. Like, like, just let's just the get it. Like, is it good or yeah. bad? Don't make me like, wait for it. You know, just like get there. But man, exactly. I'm so glad you came on. Like I, I will, like, I would like to have you back. Cause I know you have a bajillion stories and we could probably like focus in for and have sure. like a panel of like just crazy people. And you know what I mean? I would like, love to. Yeah. I just love it. Let's definitely do it. This is awesome, dude. Thank you so much for having me. Thank I mean, like, you for yeah, coming. I really appreciate it. Isn't he just the coolest? You know, behind a lot of the big productions and figureheads that you like in the automotive community, there's a, there's a whole team behind them. And Nikhil's one of those people. And I, I love hearing the stories from those folks because they're, they tend to be kind of unfiltered. But, you know, nobody has really watched more cannonball footage than Nikhil Donati. I, I think maybe JF and his editors are, are either above or equal to, but to say that you've seen more than he has, I mean, God, you should see the amount of footage that guy went through. But thank you so much for listening. Special thank you to my Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash Drives, the folks who have donated, whether it's a dollar, $10, $15 a month, you are making this content possible. And don't forget to respect the drive. We'll see you in the next one.